welcome to the STEM Economy with your host, Matt Bender. In this world, nothing is certain but death, taxes, and tech executives and VCs believing their own hype and the media lapping it all up. Welcome to Scam Economy, everyone. I am your host, Matt Binder. And a bit of news that came out over the past week had me sort of taking a trip down memory lane. You see, Google and Coinbase announced a partnership where Google would start accepting cryptocurrency from its Google Cloud clients, and Coinbase would provide the platform to make such payments possible. And of course, you know, the more realistic look here would be that Google is just looking at whatever ways possible to continue to accept payments and get paid by their clients. And these Web3 projects and crypto companies want to pay with crypto, so they want to give us money. Why not let them in any way, shape, or form? But of course, for the crypto advocate, Google, the global search conglomerate, is basically tipping their hat to crypto, thus ushering in a legitimacy that clearly means cryptocurrency is the future, baby. Well, I want those same people to recall just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Google announced it was closing shop over at its cloud gaming platform, Stadia. I would also like to remind them of Google's social networking platform, Google Plus, Google's, I don't even remember what this was, Google Wave. These are Google's own products where they missed the mark. Google isn't exactly a tech Nostradamus here. But one project in specific, as I was researching for this episode, really stuck out to me. And the reason is it was amazing to see some of the same old tech angles, some of the same old tech arguments, and some of the same old tech personalities who were so fervent in their support of crypto pop up here for another roundly rejected tech industry creation, Google Glass. So as sort of a perfect follow-up from last week's episode, we will continue to be talking about the people who pump up this space and how wrong they seem to constantly get things. But before we jump in, patreon.com slash mattbinder to support this show with a small monthly subscription payment. You can also go to youtube.com slash mattbinder to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to twitch.tv slash mattbinder to subscribe to the Twitch channel. Scameconomy.com for all the links to the podcast version of this show. Follow me on Twitter at mattbinder. Follow the show on Twitter at Scam Economy. Now for that look into the crypto future with a look into our Google Glass past. And joining me now to discuss all of this is Quinn Myers, freelance writer and author of the newly released book, Remember the Internet, Google Glass. Quinn, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Oh, no, it's it's my pleasure to have you back. You know, I was thinking, um, you know, last time you were on during the summer, you were on to talk about uh, the people who basically were taking their daily paychecks, like even like, you know, um, you know, blue collar minimum wage workers basically getting paid and immediately converting it to crypto. And then, of course, the people who worked at businesses that offered to pay them straight up in crypto. So they didn't even have to, you know, do that exchange and how that turned out to be a really 
bad deal for them. And um, since then, and everyone should go check out that episode, by the way, if you haven't seen it. It's episode uh, 24 called Payrect. Um, but since then, your book, which we briefly mentioned uh, during that episode, has come out on Google Glass. When did that book get released again? Uh, September 21st. Oh, so that's just a, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's fresh. Yeah. Right. And I, I, you know, I was talking last week to uh, my guest, Parker Malloy, and we were focusing on sort of, uh, well, we had a little bit too much fun talking about CNN's failed NFT project because uh, it's ridiculous. And I'm not going to get into that right now. Again, go check out that episode. Um, but one of the reasons I had her on is because she is a great media critic. And one of the glaring w- reasons why crypto was able to sort of you know blow up over these past couple of years and then in essence uh, screw over so many people when it shit the bag and, and failed uh, this past summer costing uh, people, some people, their life savings. Um, I had to have Parker on to talk about how the media played such a, a an important uh, role in sort of selling it to the mainstream public. And you're, you know, I, I remember your book was coming out. You had reached out to me um, uh, recently and we were talking a little bit and it just like was so obvious to me that I had to have you on because Google Glass sort of was a foreshadowing of how the media was going to bungle crypto. And I want to make it clear, like, you know, Google Glass, uh, my opinion on this show, I mean, the name of the show is Scam Economy. I believe the entire crypto space is just one big scam. Um, Google Glass obviously was a, uh, you know, a, a... I don't even want to say beta, an alpha product that Google had hoped to to put out to provide a service to people. People would buy it and actually use it. So it, not exactly, uh, you know, a scam, but there was a lot of hype behind Google Glass in the same way there was crypto. And the media really helped create this hype. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable the, the like amount of parallels between Google Glass when it came out, its its rise to you know just be, becoming super popular. That the you know time deemed it the the one of the inventions of the year. You know, like they, they loved it, and and it's kind of just another iteration of tech just kind of pulling the wool over, especially mainstream media, you know, big legacy media companies. Um, you know, getting them to buy into the hype, not really focusing on the privacy issues or all the issues that came with Glass, and it's 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 interesting um, just to see like the same the same actors, same you know VC capital investors are are who are you know pitching Glass as the next big thing are now you know kind of just jumping on the next uh, crypto train. Right. Oh, you said actors. Did did Matt Damon also do like a Google Glass commercial, like he did a Crypto.com oh, commercial? Oh God, he, <laughs> I would be shocked if he didn't. I would be shocked if he didn't. But right. I, I, not that I know. Prince right. Philip did though. Wait, what? 
So, so look for the, uh, you know, maybe we'll jump on the crypto next. Wait, Prince Philip did a Google Glass commercial? He, he, wasn't, he didn't do a commercial, but he wore them. There was a whole, there was a, you know, a cavalcade of, of actors and celebrities wearing glass to, to events because they thought, you know, one of the ways they marketed it was like, if we can make this seem like, if we can make it seem like a luxury item that all the cool people are wearing, uh, then, then the, uh, you know, the filthy masses will follow it. And uh, it didn't work out that way. Oh, wait, do you mean, um, so I, I, want, I wanted to see a picture. I think you, you meant Prince Charles, the king. Charles, yes. Yes. Charles, no, it's a, right. no, because <laughs> I was for a second, I was like, Prince Philip, he, I mean, he was old when he died, but he was also very old when Google Glass was. <laughs> yeah. I have so many old white guys wearing Google Glass in my, in my head. They I mix them up. I mean, the king of England now. Was wearing Google. How did this not uh, <laughs> take off? I mean, look at. I'm looking at this photo of him. How cool he looks. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I will say if this is this is also a part. You know, it's not just the perfect time to have you on um, to talk about this because of uh, the uh, scheduling with the previous episode of Scam Economy where we talked about uh, you know, a, the media coverage of crypto in a broader sense. Uh, but just, I think it was last week, Google and Coinbase announced that they were partnering up. And basically Google chose, uh, excuse me, Google chose Coinbase as their uh, service provider for crypto payments for its Google Cloud service. Uh, basically, companies will be able to pay Google via crypto like Bitcoin or Ether or Dogecoin um, to basically get Google Cloud services. I'm assuming, my assumption here is this is Google's play I guess, to try to make sure that they are the cloud service of choice for all of these um, Web3 companies popping up and that, you know, obviously they're going to be looking to use crypto to pay and Google's getting this head start by partnering with Coinbase to actually accept these crypto payments. When you say Google, what does Google Cloud Services entail? That's that's like all their apps and stuff, right? No, no. Google Cloud is like their version of, um, you know, oh, Am Amazon. Yeah, right. Amazon's yeah. AWS. Their their web services, like you know, where you uh, pay for server space to basically host your, you know, uh, startup company, whatever you know, your your databases and infrastructure, your you know, for your your online business. Great. So, so Google has a pretty much just taken ownership of, of, you know, countless web three startups that are just, they're just going to get their little, little fingers in there, just like they did with everything else. So many other products, they just, they just buy and want to take ownership of, and then, you know, maybe they'll die. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it even says here that right off the bat, uh, Google will initially accept, this is from an article from a uh, CNBC, 
um, by oh Jordan Novet, who I I I was friends with back in back in uh, high school. Interestingly enough, oh, hey. uh, and he's now writing for CNBC. Cool. Uh, I knew he was a tech reporter, and realized he was with CNBC. Small world. Um, <laughs> according to uh, Jordan of CNBC. Uh, Google Cloud Platform Infrastructure Service will initially accept cryptocurrency payments from a handful of customers in the Web3 world who want to pay with cryptocurrency, uh, thanks to an integration with the Coinbase Commerce Service. Uh, now, you know, CNBC did talk with um, Google Cloud's uh, VP and general manager and head of platform, but it was interesting that I was looking online and basically all the um you know the hubbub about this announcement i was seeing was all from the crypto side of things like um i mean this is initially what caused me to uh email the e-scooter company lime uh when <laughs> when helium was uh claiming that lime uh helium the web3 uh data network was claiming that Lime was a customer of theirs, and I wrote that piece over the uh, August, uh, over the uh, summer, excuse me, it wasn't in August, it was in July, that uh, sort of, I guess, started a, a very bad uh, news cycle for Helium. Um, but that is what made me initially question, like, uh, maybe I should reach out to Lime and see what's going on here, because I just saw Helium boasting that Lime was a customer over and over and over again. And I didn't see anything from Lime side of things. That's usually weird. Now, in this case, this is not, I'm not accusing Coinbase of manufacturing or embellishing a partnership. Clearly, CNBC spoke with someone at Google Cloud, but I was literally looking it up and it's like, I couldn't see anything on Google's like website about, you know, in terms of like, you know, it's company website and in terms of the partnership, saw very little um, from that standpoint of even like cloud service industry news. It was all Coinbase's end promoting a, a Google partnership. And then the crypto world sort of boasting like, you know, they, they love to sort of just grapple on to any sort of acceptance from really any sort of mainstream or legacy industry, whether it be like big tech companies or interestingly enough, uh, you know, crypto was, of course, created in a sense to uh, uh, create a new financial system and avoid uh, in really name only avoid uh, what the old finance big banks created with, you know, the 2008 uh, global financial crisis. Uh, but Nowadays, you see crypto advocates literally uh, throwing little parties every time uh, JP Morgan says they're going to uh, hire a crypto executive. It's incredible. Yeah, is that, isn't that so funny? Uh, yeah, it's so funny that that happens. They, well, first of all, of course, they're all cheering for it. Just It just you know reiterates how big of a – it's a pyramid scheme because they're excited because they think this brings more mains – it brings more people in. And the more people at the bottom, the richer they get. The other thing is, it's it's interesting that Web3 was supposed to be like decentralized internet, right? And now they are partnering with Google, the company that centralized Web 2.0. They, they bought Google. They bought YouTube. Like, this is the most centralized thing on the planet. 
I shouldn't they be a little wary about about uh, you know handing over the keys? Right. And here, here's my thing. Why are they even looking for cloud service space to to store, um, uh, you know, internal corporate database infrastructure? Why aren't they putting that shit on a blockchain? Um, you know, you never hear about these companies using this blockchain technology that they're saying is going to change the internet as we know it. You never hear them using this for internal systems. It's always for the public-facing, uh, you know, tokens they're minting or the public-facing, um, you know, NFT projects they're hawking. Uh, it's always for the consumer-faced stuff, but their internal data not going on the blockchain. Really weird if this technology is so great and revolutionary that you wouldn't use this um, in the corporate world. Yeah, I, I, it's it's always so it's always so interesting. It like it's just it's all pointed at getting more people and and getting more more and more people getting the masses to to buy their crypto and just siphon all their money up. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was interesting too. Uh, you, you mentioned that like you hadn't seen much from Google. Um, wasn't it just in, hadn't Google like banned crypto like any crypto mentions? Like it was in 2018 they banned they wouldn't like cryptos like advertise, and then I think in 2021 they just lifted the ban. And then a year later they're partnering with Coinbase. They're really uh, really changing their changing their tune on on crypto here. Right? No, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they had. Um, banned cryptocurrency products from advertising on the platform um, in in 2001, right? When, oh, no, no, this is this was 2018, you're right. Um, and then in 2001, as this all goes mainstream and they are, you know, uh, crypto, the crypto space is targeting, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, your non-tech savvy friends and selling them that uh, get in now because you you know otherwise you're gonna be left behind and miss out on this great opportunity. Um, instead of basically holding strong and saying uh, we should continue this ban, I mean, wouldn't that make sense? They decide to give in, I guess, to peer pressure and allow um, accepting these these crypto. Uh, you know, they, they, it looks like they did. Um, and certain crypto advertising bans a few months after they instituted it in 2018. So they instituted it in early 2018. They loosened it in late 2018. But then they further loosened it um, last year. Interesting. I, I, you know, this is probably pure speculation. I was, I was, I was digging into uh, Google's uh, 2021 10K. They're like yearly federal kind of report on, on like where, what, how the company's doing and what their, what their like revenue is. Uh, they gained 41% increase in, in revenue between 2020 and in 2021, they made $257.6 billion in revenue. And that's 40%, 41% more than the year before. Uh, and like 90% of their money comes from advertising, like ads on the, on the Google. Right. But they, you know, when you Google, you see ads. God, I would love to know how much money came in from from lifting that from lifting that ban. Right. I don't know. We could probably never know, but 
Right. That's it. I mean, let me, let me let me take a quick look. Google crypto ad revenue. Maybe maybe there's some sort of uh, data company out there who is able to speculate. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Because because between 2018 and 2021, those companies got very wealthy. Right. Bought, I mean, yeah. Staples Center, you know, they had money to throw around. Oh, well, crypto.com, who's, uh, they bought the naming rights. We should be, we should That's uh, right. be clear, right? Yeah, yeah. But crypto.com not doing too good. Uh, you know, a lot of these companies got involved with professional sports. Um, Celsius and Voyager, the two failed crypto lending uh, companies, were advertising with like the Dallas Mavericks and uh, an ML- MLB team that, uh, 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 I cannot remember at this point. And like there were little Voyager and Celsius logos all over the stadiums. And I remember seeing these little logos all over the stadiums as people are literally melting down online saying they can't withdraw any of their life savings from Celsius and that they are, all their money is gone. I mean, it was incredible to see these these games happening with the, the, the logo and branding all over the place literally as these companies were failing and taking everybody... Uh, every retail investor down with them. God. Right. It's awful. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I think that this is the perfect sort of way now to get into um, your book and what you, you know, researched and learned about Google Glass and how it got to that point where it was sort of pushed as like the big future technology, like in, you know, in 20, it's, it's October, 2022 right now. And, you know, back when Google Glass was uh, first being introduced, the assumption was that by October, 2022, I'm sure we would all be wearing little Google Glass glasses and uh, doing everything through a little Google Glass. I'd be talking to you right now while at the same time uh, checking the sports scores and looking at the latest, uh, you know, world global news headlines in my uh, little uh, Google Glass uh, lenses. Uh, but that's uh, not the case. We are uh, both Google Glassless as we speak right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They 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 made a big play into hardware, like you know, just like they're doing Coinbase. They they wanted to, they they're desperate to diversify their, how how they make revenue, what the revenue streams are away from the, ads. You know, this is this is the thing though. Not to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but I just gotta point this oh, out please. here, and and I want you to obviously you're gonna have something to say about this. I'm sure. I just didn't want to forget. Um, this is the thing that bothers me so much. Like. These companies like Google, like say what you will about there's plenty of criticism to go around, but at its core, its core service or product or whatever you'd like to call it has been immensely beneficial to people and the internet and really just how uh, civilization goes about in modern day. I mean, Google search for its many cons and criticisms you could level, let, you know, level at it has been a net positive in my estimation because literally it's provided a wealth of information to anyone anywhere who wants to find out about literally anything. And like, how is that not good enough for you? 
A hundred. How much did you say? One hundred forty-five billion dollars in ad revenue from Google. Two fifty-seven. Two fifty. I'm sorry. That was probably just like a quarter. I was uh, dropping there. <laughs> yeah, two a billion. Two hundred fifty-seven billion in ad revenue based on you know Google search ads. I mean, you got a product that helps people. You got it at the also making tons of money hand over fist. You think that would be a win-win, and you know you want to talk about diversification. We you mentioned earlier they own you know they own YouTube when you were talking about you know centralization. I mean, YouTube is another you know lots of criticism to be had, a lot of things they've done wrong, good, good fair criticism, but again, service that's provided net benefits, um, and also bringing them money hand over fist. They're diversified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, i you know it's it's just be happy that's good that's good you guys are nailing that nick kicking it out of the park you know just just keep doing what you're good at but they they saw iphone iphone blew up they wanted they wanted to nudge their way in there they thought if we invent ar augmented reality is the next big thing it's in all the you know sci-fi movies if we get if we are the ones to make augmented reality we'll replace phones We'll, we'll replace computers. They they thought their goal was to just have people have one screen that they looked at, not your phone, not your computer. And to a certain extent, it's, it's a noble idea. Um, it could make things easier. There could be some utility in there. But, um, you know, due to the way they marketed it, they kind of overshot. Like I, like we talked about with the celebrities, they, they priced it at an exuberant. They pay price at fifteen hundred dollars, uh, and and if you won the chance to to get it, you still had to pay. 50, you had to fly out to New York or L.A. or San Francisco and pay for pay fifteen hundred dollars to get it. Uh, and then, you know, at that point, speaking of, of Google being like a net good for for the world, uh, Google had a much better reputation at that time. Um, they they. Well, I wouldn't want to say. I didn't, say I, I, I didn't necessarily a net good. I said that search product had okay, yeah. that. That's yeah. right. That's right. And then, and then search was all they did too at that time. Uh, like to be sure, like pr- pretty much they only did search. There wasn't. They were trying to do Google Plus. You know, another failed attempt at their social media. Um, I mean, but pretty much have, primarily have... search. They have Gmail. I mean, I guess that feeds into just mm-hmm. the, the contextual advertising, which is their revenue model for Google search as well. So maybe they weren't – they didn't look at that as diversifying enough. But I mean, again, um, yeah. yeah. And and so that, you know, when when Google came – or when Glass came out, that the Prism story broke uh, with the um, – where, you know, it was revealed that a lot of these tech companies maybe had a backdoor to the government. Uh, you know, siphoning out people's data and, and that, you know, freaked everyone out, you know, rightly so. Uh, and then everyone became much more skeptical about how much of their user data they're handing over to Google, how much Google was collecting. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Google at the same time is saying, hey, like strap this camera to your face and record everything you see and say uh, throughout the day. It'll be great. Uh, just this little data siphon to your face. Um, and, you know, you can trust us with the data. Uh, didn't people didn't like that that much, and and there was enough pushback from consumers to overwhelm you know the the you know positivity 
that a lot of media and a lot of, you know, obviously people in tech were, were you know, trying to push it to, to make it happen. Right, let, let's talk about that a little bit, too. Um, by the way, did, did Google Glass come out before they released their own phone? Like, I know Google Pixel phone came out. Was it? They 20- had, um, yeah, they had just bought they had just bought Samsung, but I don't think they had come out with a Pixel yet. Okay. Um, weird, weird to go with the Google Glasses first if, if that's the <laughs> timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I agree that the the idea of being able to interact with you know these online services sort of in the real world does seem like something that is interesting and and, and could possibly work. I I do think that like AR augmented reality is surely a more viable um path to go than full-blown virtual reality VR. Um <laughs> and and we'll get into Facebook and the metaverse in a little bit too. Um because I think this is the thing, like, and this works obviously with crypto. Um, a lot of tech tries to sort of bring the real world into the tech space. Like, they want people to live online. Like, they think people don't want to go out to clubs and. Um, you know, concerts or even like, you know, the local bar or cafe to hang out with their friends. They want to do it online in a virtual reality <laughs> world. And they don't want to use real money. They want to, or credit cards to, to make purchases. It's so much easier if they're already home in their little uh, meta world. They could just be using cryptocurrency, digital money. And, uh, you know, but but to me... If you look at all the big tech products and services that have been so successful, it's tech products or services that did the opposite. Try they tried to they integrated into the real world instead of bringing the real world into the tech product. I mean, the iPhone is a great example. Um, this is a great device. To or literally any smartphone, if you're an Android person or whatever, you know Google there. Good job on that one, Google. I guess. Um, but like, what are what are, what do people enjoy about these smartphones that they are able to whip out their camera because it's in their phone and take pictures and video without having to carry a specific camera device with them, and they're able to share and you know save these memories that they're having in the real world, these experiences that they're still really physically experiencing. Um, we're talking um, you know, GPS, being able to get directions, because again, you're bringing the tech product into the real world, the services helping people get somewhere uh, physically in real life. Um, you know, you could you could probably think of a, a numerous products that do that, and I think those are the products that end up being the successes. And I do think that's where like augmented reality probably makes more sense than VR. So you know, Google Glass was certainly like, right to go that route, but it was the idea that people would always want 
to be connected. And that to me is a little bit, and not always connected because we you know we have our phones in our pocket, but always have it visible to us. Um, and the media yeah, really, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I, you know, I, I, uh, before we get to the media, I, I would, I would add that like, yeah, exactly. Like with, with a phone, you can put it away. I think, and I think people like that. I think they, they like to be on Twitter and put it away. They like, you know, you can only doom scroll so much before you have to just put it away and you can, and I can like walk outside and be like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not bombarded by ads right now. Uh, but it, you know, it, it makes sense that they want people to, uh, you know, go to digital clubs instead of the actual club. They want you to like walk around the Roblox forest instead of well, not Roblox maybe, but like, just like a, you know, VR forest because Google denied it as much as they could, but part of their plans were to, when you're driving, know, like track your eyes and count how many billboards you're looking at and know which ones you're looking at. And that's just like the, the final divide between, like, I, I, I swear to God, I, I, I always try to like couch this, like, I'm not a like dystopian nightmare tech Luddite, but like the final divide is just us being able to like close our, put our screens away and like walk away. Whereas like with AR or VR, um, they can, you know, there's going to be, everything is going to be tracked or just how, you know, how long did you focus on that ficus in, in the, in the forest? Like, hmm, let's show you some ficuses that are for sale or, you know, just because that's what they're good at. The, the data and selling it and getting people to buy more, buy, buy, buy. Uh, right. And that's just kind of like, that's, that's, a, it just makes sense that that is why they're pushing so hard for this. Right. And in another sense, you know, when I was looking over, um, you know, the, the book, it also sort of connected to me that like, you know, crypto is the same way. Like you heard all these stories about relationships falling apart because people who invested in crypto were obsessed with checking their portfolio 24 seven, because Unlike the stock market, which cuts off at a certain time, Monday through Friday, takes the weekends and holidays off, crypto does no such thing. It's 24-7. If you are invested in crypto and you are worried about the, the, uh, the, the market, the current market that we're in where it's dropping and you got to be quick to sell before you... Uh, dip below, I guess, what your you know your your sell point is. Um, you got to be checking that all the time. The, the you know, crypto could crash when it's four a.m. your time, and you know the Asian markets are you know uh, are running wild or something. Yeah, and just another like the parallels are are wild, but uh, just another way these these two things, you know are the same as, is those, those people who are bought into crypto, like the, the diehard crypto evangelists. It's like, as more people criticize them and say like, Hey, this is, this is bad. <laughs> like this is, you're getting taken advantage of the same way. Like people who bought into Google glass eventually called the uh, glass holes. Uh, they dug their heels in and they were just like, no, you're wrong. This is the next thing. Like, fuck you. Uh, and, and like, we don't care how much 
you say or what you say or if you kick us out of restaurants like we we are going to dig our heels in and circle the wagons and and like be right it's just uh very you know group hive mind kind of uh kind of thinking that just happens with that right right um that's a really great point uh let's talk about some of those people actually right now um you know the the media much like we spoke on this show uh with parker malloy last week and like we're gonna talk about right now the media really bought into the the google glass hype in the same way they bought into the crypto hype um, they let these big tech names sell them on the idea that, hey, you know, we created the last big thing or, you know, we invested in the last big thing. We were the VC, you know, firm behind the last big thing. You got to trust us. This is the next big thing. And instead of being, uh, you know, at least cautiously skeptical about that and cover it, uh, stories about, you know, Google Glass, um, sort of more neutrally they they a lot of these company a lot of these out news outlets media outlets bought into the hype oh yeah well, just massively bought into the hype there were a few leaks first that like google's working on this and then everyone got excited uh you know just just rode the wave of hype without you know second guessing like oh like what what could this mean what are the what are the downsides of this uh just full-on what can glass do? What, what, like, what are the possibilities? When's it coming out? Uh, just, you know, totally bought in, um, especially, you know, to, to an extent like legacy media, like New York times, they, they were all in, they got, you know, Google gave them the scoop. Uh, so of course they kind of like warmed up to it and, and had all like all the, all the info that was coming out. So they would be the ones to break the stories. Um, and I didn't really, didn't really criticize it until, it got to a point where everyone was criticizing it uh, and, and they didn't really have a choice, but, but not to be like, okay, maybe, maybe the privacy issues are, are big or, you know, the camera makes people uncomfortable. Like we have to kind of acknowledge that. Right. That was, that was the turn. Like that was part of the turning point when enough of mm-hmm. these, um, these techies uh, forked out the f- 1500 bucks you said. Yeah. Yep. Fifteen. Forked out the, and it was for like an alpha product too. Like we're not even talking like. Uh, oh, it was, yeah. It didn't. It barely worked. Barely right. worked. Uh, like the battery would get hot. <laughs> like it couldn't record. On your face. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, I don't yeah. know if I'd want to. Uh, you know, lose an eye because of an exploding device. Not saying that happened, but you. That's in retrospect. It didn't happen. Who knew at the time? I wouldn't put a hot battery <laughs> by my face. Um, but um, you know. Once enough of these techies bought it and started wearing these out in public, um, the general population, the general public was like, what is this? And they would find out and they would find out that they're constantly being recorded just by being in the vicinity of someone wearing Google Glass. And they didn't like the intrusion on what is their space by this product or whatever you want to call Google Glass uh, as an alpha thing. But again, very reminiscent of crypto where it took enough people to sort of say, it, it took enough people to be introduced to it uh, by force. You know, they didn't go out looking for crypto. Like, I think the game industry is the perfect example here. Gamers didn't go looking for NFTs. 
they were it was thrusted upon them and they were like no we do not want this we already have enough with like the downloadable content the dlc stuff that we got to pay for now you want to uh bring a like a uh uh an asset like a, a a volatile asset to the space to our gaming world and have people be able to uh, like very rich people be able to only own certain things and then treat it like um, something to flip, like to make money off of. No, we don't want this. And gamers really pushed back against NFTs hard. And a lot of gaming companies are have to come out. Uh, Minecraft, for example, was a recent one, came out and said, like, don't worry, we are not introducing NFTs into our platform. Um, it took the same sort of blowback from people sort of being thrust upon uh, Google Glass by basically being, you know, recorded against their will. Yeah, uh, and it's it's worth like similar the similar um, kind of holdouts between NFTs and, and crypto in Silicon Valley. Like uh, I, I I just remembered one of my favorite headlines from from the time that google glass people you know people were like only rich assholes get google glass this is dumb we like uh people are still reeling from the financial crisis like this is and it kind of lined up with a lot of things that were kind of the you know the bottom falling out on the economy and a, a uh quote silicon valley pioneer took to the wall street journal with a with a title called with the title progressive crystal not coming uh, referencing the uh, Night of Broken Glass by the Nazis, uh, where they uh, 90, 91 deaths and 30,000 jailed in, co- in concentration camps uh, during World War II. Um, he basically compared Nazi Germany to uh, people hating Google Glass and rich people and, and wanting to cancel it. Uh, and, it's, you know, it's, just, it's eerie to see you know, the same kind of echoes of, of like people bringing up or, you know, defending crypto saying like, oh, this is like people are, are just trying to like cancel it. This isn't right. Like crypto is the next big thing. Like you're just you're trying to you're being like purposely um, uh, like downplaying what crypto can be uh, when, you, you know. Who was that? I was, <laughs> This is um, uh, billionaire Tom Perkins of Kleiner Perkins, Caulfield and Byers. Okay, did I, I? I believe I'm looking him up now. Okay, he 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 died in 2016. Um, so I guess we won't we 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 don't know how he would uh, <laughs> how he would have. Uh, I'm trying to see. Did did he have any feelings on crypto before? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he passed away. Twenty sixteen's a weird time period because it was right, right, right before the the first sort of mainstream crypto boom in twenty seventeen. Mm. So I guess we'll just never know. Um, yeah. But amazing that of Kleiner Perkins, progressive crypto uh, crystal knot. Uh, I, I said crypto knot for a second because I'm a <laughs> got crypto brain. Um, wow! Wow! I mean, it's, it's so. It it looks like his venture capital firm 
has has gone in on on crypto. Yeah, no surprise. So, there you go. No yep. surprise. Wow. Yeah. Let me let me let me quickly just let's see what they got going. We want you want to run. You got something in front of you. Um. About mapping out Clever yeah. Perkins crypto portfolio. This is from the Block Research. Ah, uh, it's behind a paywall. Um, okay, here we go. According to top venture capitalist Kleiner Perkins, Caulfield, and Byers, blockchain technology could soon enjoy tremendous success. This well-established VC in the U.S. has been funding technologies in the IT industry and biotechnology since 1970. Um, let's see. I'm looking Looks right like they now. Put maybe four million. I'm looking at random. We got uh, uh, they put money funded a blockchain payment startup called the line commerce. Um, they are behind a, uh, funding round for crypto company rain financial. Um, what else we got here? Uh, according to the top venture cat, this is from, uh, uh, news BTC, according to the top venture, and this is, so this is a crypto, uh, site according to top venture capitalist from Kleiner Perkins, uh, blockchain technology could soon enjoy tremendous success. This was seven years ago. <laughs> oh. I mean, hey, I guess I mean, it's right up. Right. It's up seven years ago. Sure. Okay. Um, right. I mean, yeah, these guys. I'd have to do more research into how deep they are into crypto companies um because it's unclear but not a surprise that they're in crypto at all uh yeah but i guess this will be the next uh uh progressive crystal knot right yeah well yeah and and and, you know we've we've talked about mike or mark andreessen uh who was huge huge google glass investor like one of the main ones they and they started their own investment company purely to work on like glass software. And now he is a huge proponent of Ethereum, um, touting it, defending it on Twitter. We talked about him. We talked about him for like a, a, a split minute last time you were on the show, because you reminded me about how he was big into Google Glass then. And I totally forgot like his photo of his, his, um, oddly egg shaped head, Wearing the Google Glass, you know, eyewear um, was like one of the infamous photos from that time period of like the Google Glass user. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very egg shaped. Very, very egg shaped. Like, like, obviously egg shaped. Like, you heard egg heads. His head is like very egg shaped. But uh, yeah, he, there was. Um, you know, one of the main sparks of, of like the memes against Google Glass was the was the Tumblr that started called uh, "White Men Wearing Google Glass," and the uh, you know the head photo, the main photo was Andreessen and Horowitz and and his uh, his venture capitalists all proudly uh, wearing glass, uh, and just they they were the face of it, and that was and it was all just like rich tech bros who who bought into glass and and just. Not a great, not a great uh, group to sort of tout your your 
new technology that you want everybody to to buy into. Right. I mean, he's uh, Andrew C. and Horowitz has been behind uh, quite a few of the the biggest uh, funding rounds for I don't even know how many crypto companies. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, I, they they poured money into like uh, Axie Infinity, which one of the earliest episodes of, of Scam Economy was about uh, how this NFT game got hacked and people couldn't get their money out. And there are uh, a, a number of people in the Philippines who did play that game as like a full-time job. And that was like their, their income and their living. And like, they basically just blocked them from taking out their, their funds because they got hacked and people's lives again were ruined and Axie Infinity never recovered from that. I mean, they, they different crypto companies and I'm sure Anderson Horowitz had something to do with it, whether they funded it again themselves or they helped other companies pour money into it. You know, even though the funding came back to try to make up for what was lost, Axie Infinity never returned. But again, this stuff was pushed on people. Uh, this this game that became sort of like an indentured servitude where people have to take out loans and, and work off the loans to afford the NFT characters so they could even play the games. Um, I mean, just a bizarre sort of space we're looking at. And here's another player from back in the same time period where you just wrote this book on Google glass and here he is, was a major player in that too. Yeah, man. Would it, would it surprise you to know that Anderson has uh, raised $7 billion in uh, crypto investments to lobby uh, 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 politicians to, to weaken or just get favorable regulation of crypto. Oh, is he? I mean, not. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 it does surprise me because um, uh, I mean, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> it's I was not expecting um, Anderson Horowitz to come up in that conversation on this episode. What what what, what do we got here? Uh, oh, they, I'm looking at this piece. Are you look? Uh, is this from uh, the For a Forbes piece that you saw? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. by David Je ago, yeah. Jeans. Yeah. Oh, I have to maybe reach out to them and see if I uh, could speak with. Uh... Oh, and Sarah Emerson was on this too. Um, they raised seven billion. Um, they held a fundraiser for a New York congressman. Which New York congressman? Oh, Richie Torres. The Torres, Bronx. Yeah. He's been out there promoting crypto. <laughs> oh my Shocking. god. Uh, yeah, again, another shocking uh, update to bring to all of you listening right now. But still, it's like this is going to be this is this is who, who is this helping? Like, like who? No one. I mean, Anderson Horowitz, the VCs at that firm, making hand over mm -hmm. fist. Uh, and uh, Mark Anderson, uh, what, what? How much was that uh, home he just bought recently? Um, it was $177 million estate. Oh, I just got a stomach ache. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is the story was after buying $177 million estate, Mark Anderson adds, this is the latest one, Mark Anderson adds a $44 million Malibu house. 
because this is what happens for people who don't yeah. get it. Now, may, <laughs> may, maybe the play with Google Glass wasn't that good. I mean, I'm sure uh, Anderson Horowitz was promoting Google Glass because I'm sure they uh, have some sort of funding into Google and make money off of Google shares or something. But the money they make off of crypto is mounds, you know, leaps and bounds better because what they do is when they invest, and this is different for every one of these companies, so this is just a generalization, but this is the gist of what happens. They invest, and when these crypto companies, whether it be, you know, a Web3 network like a, like a Helium or some Web3 game or some Web3 marketplace for NFTs or some other bullshit, what they do is when it comes time to mint tokens, who already gets to claim some ridiculous supply. I don't know what it is, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I've seen in some cases, uh, you know, these crypto companies mint tokens and give away 80% of the tokens to investors off the bat, which I mean immediately means that, hey, you 20% of retail investors, who do you think the 80% of VCs are going to fucking dump on? It's you. And guess who's going to know when the perfect time to sell is, it's not going to be you. It's going to be the VC uh, investors who know the internals of the companies. But yeah, they get handed a ridiculous percentage of the tokens when they get minted. And then these guys make tons of money when they sell. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, pretty convenient. <laughs> just just line their pockets. Don't even really have to do much uh, besides just sell. It's a pump and dump, basically. Why why was for Google Glass? What was what was the the major sort of? Uh, I mean, obviously, I know why Google was promoting it, and various other like. Um, we'll get to the tech media in a second, but. Um, you know, what was the the reasoning for like a, a Mark Andreessen to be promoting Google Glass? Uh, I mean, for him, he could invent. I mean, he could he could fund apps, softwares that would make a lot of money on on the platform. You know, if this was going to be the next phone, there's endless apps that could be invented that he would you know have his have his fingers in the wall itself when they made a ton of money. Right. Um, you know, maps, directions, uh, YouTube video players, you know, so just anything that, that, you know, they, they paid, they invested in people to develop software for it. Right. Um, but that was kind of Google Glass's downfall was that there wasn't any utility to it. There wasn't, there was no like main thing that made anyone's life easier they were trying to solve a problem that didn't exist uh for for people and then and you know that's why no one bought in because they're like why it's like i looking down my phone is perfectly easy like how much easier is it to like wear this thing on my face all day that looks kind of dumb um and yeah they just they failed to like have any like one single good utility that that got people to like give up their phones and, and buy into this so right didn't really uh, do a great job of developing great apps, right? And we should mention, like you know, the, one of the one of the, the you know, let's talk about the tech outlets now because if Mark Andreessen mm-hmm. was uh, one of the the faces that you know sort of connected Google Glass to a, a 
not cool product. Um, there's another you know, tech journalists. A lot of them really bought into this tech media, especially mainstream tech media. And um, you know, unfortunately, the the ones that were critical, like uh, Gawker, uh, had like Valley Wag at the time too, which was their mm-hmm. like sister uh, tech startup blog that really uh, you know knocked the the startup world really uh, hard and uh, well deserved, I should say. Um, you know, they no longer around, I guess, to do this with crypto because, of course, Peter Thiel, a big Bitcoin guy, we should add. Um, you know, we all know the story there with Hulk Hogan helping, uh, I mean, Peter Thiel helping Hulk Hogan take Gawker down. Um, but with the tech media that promoted it, I, I always remember this one journalist, and I'm sure he's got to be all over uh, the, the the history of Google Glass. I mean, I know he's mentioned in your book specifically. Um, and that's Robert Scoble. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, he he was he was infamous for for taking a shower wearing Google Glass and and saying, "I wear these anywhere," and and everyone just immediately jumped on it because it's so goofy and it's so emblematic of just this sort of like evangelism that these that these tech you know basically PR essentially doing PR for for Glass because. He also owned a company that was developing for Glass. So if Glass, if Glass succeeded, he would also succeed. So of course he was touting it and saying it was the next big thing and it's great. Uh, yeah, he he was ever there. The shower pick did not go over well. Uh, was even noticed by Google Google Brass and and not they weren't super uh, super thrilled about it and how viral it went either. So. I mean, I will say Google's got uh, more, I guess, um, uh, self-awareness than a lot of crypto <laughs> companies and, and executives if they weren't happy oh, with yeah. that pick. But, I mean, I guess Robert Scoble was fine with uh, – I mean, maybe Google wasn't happy because uh, based on uh, – this is speculation – the data they were uh, <laughs> uh, able to pull up from those things, it means they probably saw Robert Scoble's dick. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, but, but I mean, this sort of is like this again. Like, it's like deja vu with these the, the, the crypto evangelists just being so over to the top, and like almost almost like televangelists, the way they promote this stuff. It's it's really and, and Robert Scoble sort of disappeared off the face of the planet. Uh, you want to remind us what happened there? I don't, I don't even recall. There were some uh, sexual harassment accusations against him and his, his former employees. Uh, so yeah, he he uh, kind of quieted down after after those came out. Uh, much like a lot of the the um, a lot of the high tech tech names at the time, just uh, it happened to uh, have more sexual harassment uh, claims against them, which not great, not great. Right. I mean. It's it's really stunning how I'm gonna say we here, even though this doesn't you know mean you and me, but it, I'm gonna say we because the people who see through this really early on are few and far between. So we really do create this terrible, horrible, vicious cycle where we just let these mega corporations, these 
uber wealthy tech executives and CEOs and founders, we really let them just sell us a bunch of garbage every now and then. And we believe in the hype simply because, I don't know, because they've had one success before. But as if like that makes them like the all-knowing soothsayer, like if anything... We should know better by now. And, and let's look at Mark Zuckerberg and Meta. Meta, excuse me. Um, I mean, you want to... I mean, Facebook, for, again, for all of its problems. Huge success. The biggest social network in history. Billions of users. Used all over the world. Everyone knows Facebook. You could even chalk up Instagram uh, if, as a good purchase. Same with WhatsApp. Good purchase, I guess. Again, not their own original idea, not their creation, but they they bought at the right time and, you know, huge apps they own. But going back to the drawing board for them, whenever they try to recreate Facebook success on their own, they have not been able to do so because guess what? Mark Zuckerberg, just like uh, Larry Page and um, just like Jack Dorsey, just like... Elon Musk, just like uh, Mark Andreessen, just like, I don't know, all of these guys. They happen to just get lucky, be in the right place at the right time with a decent to good idea. And that's where it takes off. But that doesn't mean there's some sort of futuristic... Uh, what, what, actually, what is the term? Futurist, right? A, a, no, a futurist mm. Nostradamus. Because none of them have been able to strike gold twice. No, no. And like with, with it's interesting. I mean, I feel bad <laughs> just touting the book all the time, but there's just there's just shadows of so much stuff that's happening now. Like with, no, that's what, with well, Facebook. That's what, that's what you're here to do. <laughs> so, so please tout away. Go ahead. That's true. <laughs> uh like you know with glass eventually people invested google investors were eventually like hey w- hey why are you guys spending so much money on this thing that's like obviously failing like we this is our money that you're that you're pouring into these like weird projects that aren't going anywhere and the same thing's happening with facebook right now they're kind of like the money comes from facebook the platform but your ceo and like a lot of money is being poured poured into the metaverse, like what's why are you doing this right now? And then uh, in the book, I kind of connected to Google eventually reshuffling their their company under Alphabet um, because Google was was just pouring so much money into these other things, and they wanted to separate Google Search from Google Cloud, cloud Services and their products and stuff. Um, and Facebook becoming Meta's is kind of a similar move. Um, them wanting to just they just want more more and and you know mark zuckerberg he you know he loves uh julius caesar he's got his he like matches this little haircut to him um and that's that's just why he just he's he won't hear otherwise because he he wants the metaverse because he wants to own everything wants to monetize everything that that we're Hey, that's hey crypto. Uh, they they tried with their own crypto Libra, 
And they weren't able oh to. Oh my uh, god! Right. Yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you? A lot of people have. Uh, <laughs> they sold it off because to them it wasn't worth the. They they invested all this money in it and then found out that, oh wow, the world's largest social network in human history, uh, would be facing more, uh, uh, you know, legal hurdles and ramifications than, uh, I guess, some small startup company trying to do the same. And they found out that they had to very quickly get into legit financial services and uh, deal with legitimate financial regulations that like major financial institutions have to abide by. And that's a lot of work. That's a lot more work than any of the tech regulations that, you know, those barely exist, but any, way more work than that. Um, so they, they decided to tap out and sell off. Um, but interesting you bring up the, the metaverse because I think that's a perfect way to sort of, I guess, uh, sort of get to next. Um, Insider had a story uh, from Samantha Deluya. Meta has burned $15 billion trying to build the metaverse. And nobody's saying exactly where the money went. I mean, they couldn't even do legs. They couldn't even do legs <laughs> when they were promoting the their what what is their their metaverse world called again like Horizon or something like that. Um, they their their characters don't have legs; they're floating bodies from the waist up, and people are like this looks ridiculous. And so they put out a tweet: legs coming to the metaverse, and there was a, a video of the avatars with legs, and then it leaked. That that was just computer captured like a uh, video that was created, that wasn't actually programmed into the actual virtual world itself. Incredible. <laughs> legs, legs coming soon. For uh, forty five libra, you can have legs. Maybe maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll uh, institute some sort of AR glasses, I guess. Um, but it does feel like Google Glass sort of ushered in this idea of there's going to be some sort of wearable headpiece, um, because we've seen, you know, as Facebook tries to define virtual worlds as the metaverse, and again, the media goes ahead. And buys into it and starts calling virtual worlds metaverses, a metaverse, as if, you know, Second Life and World of Warcraft and The Sims and, uh, you know, Roblox and Minecraft didn't exist before this. Open virtual worlds where you can buy, sell, create, do whatever the hell you please. Uh, Like this didn't exist for decades before. Media buys into the hype, starts calling it metaverse. Everything that this in this world's metaverse, and there are a number number of decentralized sort of blockchain oriented crypto metaverses, and one such company is Decentraland, and it recently came out. Now, a uh, app store that tracks NFT transactions, Dapp Radar, claimed that. They looked into it and Decentraland only has 
30 daily users, 38 daily users, excuse me, don't want to forget that extra eight, 38 <laughs> daily users on its platform. Now, I, I want to, oh. let me read this headline from uh, Kotaku uh, by uh, Sissi uh, Jiang. 1.2 billion dollar metaverse company, that's the central end, boasts it has a whopping 8,000 daily users. So, to put this into perspective, the central end is this metaverse crypto Frankenstein that is worth 1.2 billion dollars market valuation, you know, based on fundraising rounds and stuff comes out through a third-party data tracking company. They have only had 38 active users a day. And then they come out and refute that, saying they have 8,000 daily users a day, excuse you. $1.2 billion! There are, like, online message boards and forums run by, like, high school students where they... <laughs> shit post about cartoons and shit and anime and who knows what else and sports and football and whatever and gossip or whatever that have, I can tell you probably 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times the amount of daily users as Decentraland does. So how does it get, how does it get valued at, at one point? What was it? 1.8 billion? 1.2 billion, excuse you. Don't want to don't want to give them the extra five, 600 billion 600,000 dollars, excuse me. 600 million dollars, oh excuse me. Um it's based on their token. The, the central ah, land token which is mana. Um how is that, that interesting dispersed? how that works. How is that dispersed? That's going to be the 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 question. Um, maybe not something I could, let's, let's see. Um, Hmm. I don't see it off the top of my head. This is something to look into for a future episode. I got, I, I plan on, plan on doing a future episode on Decentraland. So maybe, maybe, maybe in Decentraland. Ooh, yeah. Maybe we should we'll, save that. We'll double their, their, their daily users. Right. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing happens in cycles but the difference is uh you know google i guess saw the uh writing on the wall and, and killed glass like they've killed many other of their products over the years google plus google wave, wave uh, yep. google reader the rare uh, instance <sighs> where they killed off a yes. good product um yeah. but Crypto, that's that's I guess what they're gonna say. That's that's how I guess they could spin this. That's the good thing about crypto for them. It's decentralized, so there's no uh, central organization that could say this is a bad idea and we need to kill it before uh, it gets out of hand and just costs us money. One of the wonderful things about uh, decentralization is that uh, a bad idea can continue to perpetuate on and on and on and on and continue to cost. Uh, everybody money uh as it continues to roll on and on and on the only difference here i guess is the people who are losing out aren't the uh big tech corporations who are backing the failed product or service 
It's people like you, me, and the people who listen to this show, Scam Economy right now, the retail investors, the everyday average Joe and Janes, because in the crypto world, the uh, tech VCs seem to be raking in the cash as they just, uh, you know, leave uh, leave everybody else holding the back. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I make this point. Uh, at the end of my book to share my book one more time. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Google, the, the media atmosphere now is is a lot less diverse than it used to be. Um, Gawker, we talked about this before, but like Gawker, so many websites uh, just don't exist anymore. Speaking of someone whose website I used to write for is, is gone. Oh, uh, right. Oh, <laughs> You came on the show but, literally the, the first time, like what the day after the it was announced. The night before the night it was. Before. The yeah. night before it was uh, announced, it was oh, Mail yeah. Magazine, right? Yep. That was a good publication. That's too bad they, you know, that's how it works, right? The uh, the one the the publications that actually let their uh, journalists go forth and actually create good, uh, you know, original reporting and pieces. Um, don't obviously uh, monetize as well as the tech publications or even the mainstream publications in general that we spoke of earlier uh, that just regurgitate uh, PR uh, pitches they receive from tech companies that boast about uh, you know breaking new technology that's going to change the face of how we live and that ends up going bust in uh, a year or so. Yeah. So there's, so there's just much less, yeah, much less good reporting, much less critics with, with kind of larger platforms. Uh, and, and the point I kind of made was, you know, back then kind of in a way consumers were loud enough and relentless enough to be like, no, Google Glass sucks. This sucks. Don't, no one's going to buy it. And, and they didn't. And they, and they stopped its rollout. They moved it to enterprise, just made like, you know, manufacturing employees wear it to be more uh, efficient, which is also kind of a dystopian nightmare in itself. But, um, I, you know, the point I guess I'm trying to make is we shouldn't stop shitting on crypto and, and like we shouldn't just like dunking on it and saying it's bad and, and pointing out the people who get ripped off because there aren't a lot of people, especially in, in larger platforms, saying so until until they get a hold or until they start saying it more, it's just got to be the people who like us and, and listeners of this show to uh, to keep saying it and keep saying it loud. Wow, I I, I completely agree and thank you. It's very nice of you to, uh, <laughs> to to frame it in that way. I really appreciate it. Uh, Quinn Myers, uh, freelance writer and author of the book "Remember the Internet: Google Glass." Um, you know, everyone should definitely check out, you know, read the book because um, it's it's really stunning. When I was just, you know, looking through it um, and recalling, you know, because I was following the Google Glass saga back in those days. It was like 2012 was like the main, yep. 2012, 2013 was like the main years yeah. of Google Glass. I remember and it was really bringing back some of these things that I, you know, totally forgot about or were storing in the back of my brain um, and it was just stunning how prescient it was for what we're seeing today, especially with crypto. The 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 the, the parallels uh, that we're seeing, how the media gets suckered into text framing of these things, 
um, the foreshadowing of how the the tech of world evangelizes this stuff, um, the VCs and how they uh, you know do it to you know basically fill their own wallets. Just the whole story is so reminiscent of what we're going through with crypto. And again, there are differences, which we mentioned, but couldn't help but thinking of those similarities. Um, Mm -hmm. Quinn, where can people find the book um, online? Where, you know, is there a... Um, tell people where, uh, you know, go ahead, where they people find the book, any links you want to promote, um, your own, you know, social media profiles, where where, the floor is yours, an upcoming piece, whatever, (laughs) take as much time as you'd like, name drop as much stuff as you'd like, as you'd like, go ahead. Oh, please. You flatter me. Uh, they, you can go to just Instar books to to buy the book. It's I N S T A R B O O K S. Uh, in Starbucks, you can get that book. You can check out the other um, Remember the Internet series. Um, Anna Valens wrote about Tumblr porn. And Megan Milks wrote about uh, a Tori Amos bootleg web ring. Uh, both of them are hilarious. There's a fourth book coming out soon. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Q-U-I-N-M-Y-E-R-S. Perfect. That's all I need. Awesome. Uh, always a pleasure to talk with you. Um Looking forward to having you on again in the future. Let's do it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Scam Economy. And I got to tell you, some of these upcoming episodes and the specific crypto scams and the specific Web3 companies we dive into, uh, a lot of this year is going to be absolutely mind-blowing. So be sure to tune in. And the best way to do that is to go to scameconomy.com, where you can find all the links to the podcast version of this show. And while you're at your podcast platform of choice, Choice, be sure to leave a review, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, the best way to keep up to date with what's going on with Scam Economy is really to follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder and to follow the show on Twitter as well at Scam Economy. And of course, this show is not possible without the supporters who contribute to this show monetarily. And some people choose to do this by going to patreon.com slash Matt Binder and signing up for an automatic monthly subscription suggested $5, but you give more, you give less. You can also support this show by going to youtube.com slash Matt Binder. And while you're there subscribing, of course, you could also go catch the live video premiere and video replays of every Scam Economy episode there too. But also if you catch the live premiere, you can drop a paid super chat in the live chat or a paid super thanks in the replay comments. And if you can't afford to do either, I completely understand. But if you are subscribed to Amazon Prime, you can connect your Amazon Prime account to Twitch and go to twitch.tv slash mattbinder, and of course, follow me there. The following on Twitch is free. But then you could also use your free monthly Twitch Prime subscription that's given to you along with your Amazon Prime paid subscription and subscribe to my channel with that. So let me get this straight here, Matt. You mean to tell me I get a free Twitch Prime subscription every month 
with my paid Amazon Prime subscription, which means at no extra cost to me, I can extract a little bit of money from Amazon and give it to you. Yes, you can. So what are you waiting for? Go to twitch.tv slash Matt and do that now. And, of course, check out my other show, Doomed with Matt Binder. You could find the podcast version of that show at doomedcast.com. And you could find the video and live stream version of the show at those same YouTube and Twitch channels, youtube.com slash Matt and twitch.tv slash Matt So, folks, with all that said, I will see you all next time on The Scam Economy. <laughs> <laughs>